Hello there, my name is Phil Williams and I would like to welcome you to Audio Angling, the podcast site of fishingfilmsandfacts.co.uk. I've just finished recording an interview with ex-England International Sea Angling Boat Squad member Steve Quinn, who surprised me when detailing his early formative years as having been spent as a course match angler, competing against some of the all-time greats such as Ian Heaps, Kevin Ashurst and Ivan Marks. Never a man to pass up an opportunity, particularly one with such strong historical connections, as a separate podcast I'm now going to ask Steve to expand a little more on that aspect of his early angling career. Not so much regarding the actual fishing itself. What I would like to do is take a slightly different slant on things by asking what they were actually like as people. But first, to help set the scene, a bit of the background regarding your involvement would be helpful to ease us into the subject. So tell us a bit about how you got into course fishing before walking away from what sounds like a very promising involvement to an equally impressive boat fishing career that would eventually lead to you representing England as a sea angler instead. I started at 14, fishing for a local team, Camelades, big shipping company there, a local team. We used to travel well, all over the country. I was in the junior team for Camelades and then I stopped. I moved, I had the best opportunity to fish bigger matches with a, a Chester team called Chopper Blue. And I'd really done well as a junior. And then I moved on to the, to the senior team, fished a lot of matches in Ireland. Fished with some of the greats, Kevin Ashurst, Ian Eaps, Benny, Ivan Marks. Yeah, I was, I was really, really into it. The only problem is I couldn't do my course fishing and me, me sea fishing, so I had to make a choice, really. The problem with the, the match fishing at that time was a lot of backstabbing in the uh, in the course fishing side, a lot of animosity, and I couldn't see myself going any further, so I moved over and stuck with me boat fishing. And looking back, do you have any regrets at not sticking with it? Uh, looking back... I should have really carried on for another two years because I was getting some really, really good results against good anglers. So maybe I should have given it a little bit longer and just see see what happened, really. But that's a has-been, really, now. So what, then, are your recollections of these legendary greats, both as anglers and as people? To be truthful, the top anglers, all the northern anglers, virtually all northern anglers, they were all really rough down-to-earth people, very, very helpful. I fished a match on a band next to Ian Heaps and he was swinging three, four pound breams to his chest. I was on the pole next to him, taking a lot longer to get me fishing. At the end of the match I said to Ian, Ian, what was I doing wrong? And he said, you want to cut 15 inches off your tips on your pole too soft. And that was a big learning curve. They're all very helpful, the top anglers. You Kevin Ashurst, another one, an old Benny Ashurst. I fished with him on a weaver. And uh, Benny was a bit of a character, a bit of a scruffy old bugger like. But uh, could he fish? He was well known for his fishing with the swing tip. Legend with the tip, he was very, very good. But the difference then with the with the top course anglers to now being in the international on the sea, the course anglers, top course anglers, seem to be a lot more helpful. I've been fishing away and I've, had, I've even had a, a match angler stop when I've been into a good fish and come and let me fish for me. Uh, that wouldn't happen on, on the Sea England Sea. So, yeah, that's one thing I do regret not getting a little bit longer. But uh, it, my course fishing certainly helped with me, me sea fishing. I was more refined with my tackle, maybe. Maybe that's why I'd done so well at the, at the early stages of the, of the sea fishing. I was more refined with my tackle. Ian Heaps once said to me that, in his opinion, because modern course match waters are so heavily stocked these days, 
It devalues the catch records of the past, most of which were taken from completely natural situations. One of Ian's claims to fame was the World 5-hour match record from the River Earn, I think it was, over in Northern Ireland. He then went on to say that if the big match names of his time could fish against the big match names of today on a level playing field, in his opinion, they could very easily be able to hold their own. What are your thoughts on that? I think now the the younger anglers, your scopethorns and all them, I think they just live and eat, breathe fishing now. I think they're a totally different race. Even though the quality anglers years ago would still put up a good show, I think the today's course anglers, I think they're a, they're a totally different breed. I think they're so much quicker. They've got everything down to a T. The way they set the platforms up for where they're fishing, everything's to hand. They're so, so organised. He also said that while beating Benny Ashes for the first time was one of his most cherished memories, he nonetheless rated Benny's son Kevin as the finest match angler he had ever fished against. So looking back at the great names of the 70s and the 80s, from your experience, how would you rate them in order of ability? Well, I, I fished against Kevin a few times. Kevin was so helpful, but when Kevin was on fish, he was unbelievable. I rate him as probably the best angler I've ever known. The nicest angler, but you put Kevin on a peg with uh, with a lot of fish and he'd, he'd certainly clean up. But also, on really hard days, he always had the ability to scratch the old fish out when everyone else was struggling. At the time, he was probably the best angler in the world. Did Kevin actually win the World Individual Championship? Yeah, he did. I think he did on two occasions. Benny never really come close to that, but the smaller matches, Benny was always there. He was very, very good at winkling the odd bigger fish out. He was very good on bream. He could change to any method, but his method was swing tipping. He was just an ace at that, really good swing tipping for bream. And he always winkled the bream out when others were struggling. And you say he was a bit of a character too? Oh, yeah, he was there. Uh, a bit of a, a scruffy old so-and-so. He used to have an old wicker box. Even when the, the new boxers came out, Benny still had his old wicker box. He'd open his box and drag his gear out to be lead stuck to this. and You know, he'd, he'd turn up ten minutes late. But uh, he made up for it. He certainly made up for it when he was fishing. He was spot on. I believe that at a presentation, or in the pub after the event, he was also a gifted natural entertainer. He was, yeah. He was, he was very, uh, how can I put it, the more beer he got down, the louder he got. He always had the crowd around him. He was always slagging Kevin off in a nice way. But yeah, he was a character with his tipple as well. I'm told he would have also made a good stand-up artist on the Northern Working Men's Club scene. Very, very good, yeah. He always uh, could react to a crowd as well. When he had a crowd behind him, uh, obviously if he was doing well and you get a, a spectators behind you, he was always having a laugh and a joke with them. And His language was a bit choice at times, like, but he was, uh, yeah, he was always a character. So how did you rate Ivan Marks? Ivan Marks was absolutely brilliant. He was uh, very good on the stick float. Well, he's good at any method, but I watched him fish the stick float on the Avon for a lot of years ago now. And he was just he was just a master. But he was the same Ivan Marks. He was a he was just a down to earth he was quite a scruffy, unorganised person really. But once he got uh, on in the water got it got ready he was he was something else. Really was. And again, just a nice fella, nice chap. Wasn't he from the Midlands area? Somewhere around Nottingham, I think. Yeah. Another comment from Ian Heaps was that, in his opinion, northern anglers would always have an edge, because living in the semi-polluted industrial northwest at that time meant you had to work harder for every fish. 
So when these anglers later found themselves in the relatively easier surroundings of the South, the same effort would always bring superior results. But were there not any good Southern Coast match anglers, and are there any on the scene now today? I've lost touch really with the, with the Coast fishing side. I know years ago Ivan Marks teamed up with Roy Marlow. Uh, they had Marks and Marlow was a big tackle company. I still speak to Roy now. He's, I think he's got a car fishery or he manages a car fishery. And obviously I was doing their uh, consulting with Abu of Pure Fishing. And I think Roy's still with them now. He was a very, very good angler along at the same time as Ivan Marks. What Ivan Marks and even Roy Marlow said to me one time, he said uh, when he came up, they fished uh, a match on on the River Day, and they, he said it was like fishing in mud. He couldn't believe the colour of the water compared to down south. But uh, I think that's why our anglers did do well, because they could winkle fish out in, uh, in poor conditions, especially when the rivers were in flood, and uh, the water was very coloured and dark. They were exceptional. The likes of Ian Heaps really used to do well then. Besides the legends such as Asher's Heaps and Marks, did you ever come across anybody who didn't quite make it to the top, either through bad luck or bad timing, yet who, under different circumstances, either could or should have made world championship standard? Uh, I'm just trying to think now. I think Tommy Pickering, although Tom's still going well now, I think he won the world championships, I'm not too sure. He was one angler that was always just that little bit away, but uh, he's coming to his own now. He's still doing as well now as he was 20 years ago. Yeah, there were some good anglers. I think Roy Marlow, he was another very, very good angler that could have made world championships, uh, well, could have won the world championships, but just I don't think he was in the right match at the right time, really. The problem was there was a lot of anglers on the same par, so it was very, very awkward. Some were very good on rivers, some were more adapted to still water, but I think the best all-rounder on both would be got to be Kevin Ashurst. One observation I've made when talking to ex-internationals from various angling backgrounds is the way politics and disillusionment ultimately come along to sour the experience. It certainly played its part on the England course match scene at the time we're talking about here. Did you have any experience of that? Yeah, I remember speaking to... Uh, I was talking to Benny Ashurst and... Benny Ashurst said basically that he was probably, and he was, probably as good as, as any of the other anglers really because of his nature and his banter and he didn't fit in that way I suppose in some ways that uh, he was never picked. I think it was very very similar to the uh, the sea fishing scene really. I think there was a little clique of anglers and it's, things seemed to stay in one little area and the same names were there all the time. So how have things come on since your day in terms of tackle quality and development? Obviously the, the, the match side of it, to me these car fisheries are, are a big thing now. The only problem I can see with that is a lot of anglers now are a one-method angler on these carp lakes. They're dominated by carp, and that's all you can see, carp, carp, carp. Where years ago, you had so many different venues, the matches were held on the rivers, still waters, reservoirs, fishing for, you know, from bleak right up to carp and tench, whatever. But now it seems to be very carp-orientated. And the tackle as well, you go into a tackle shop now, and you know, 80% of it could be carp tackle. And now, of course, it's all about the pole, even when fishing for carp. Yet when Ian Heaps won his world championship, that was done using a rod and reel, though he did comment that that was the first occasion when the England setup really took on board the lessons learned from watching continental pole fishermen doing almost equally as well. Maybe that was just a little bit before your time. 
I suppose the pole was already well established when you came onto the scene. No, no, I got onto the pole very late. It was probably my last two years of uh, my course angling that I really got into the pole, seeing how precise it could be, you know, fishing up against lily pads and obstructions on the far side. And uh, I was more a waggler and stick float man. And, well, I fished it. My first one was an old garbolino, garbolino uh, 11 metre, which was a massive pole at the time, but it was like a buddy banana, really compared to the poles now and even then you know you, you paid a hundred pound for the pole it was a lot of money but some of the poles now were three thousand quid i believe so yeah things have changed to me now i'm, I'm glad i'm really i'm not a matchman in the freshwater side because I, I wouldn't like to be fishing for carp every week personally but if that's where the match is and that's where the money is that's what people are doing just how far then did you progress towards making it big in the way you have on the boat fishing scene I'd done very, very well at club level, but then again I wanted to get a little bit further, so I started fishing the matches in Ireland, fished a few matches down south. There used to be a couple of big matches in Ireland, and they, I scored very well. I never actually won one. I was third, won a lot of section wins. I'd done very well, but the thing was that is I learned so much as well, because you, sometimes you know when you're out the frame, you know you've got the likes of Kevin Asher, Stephen Heaps, Benny, Tommy Pickering, but there was a lot of good anglers about then. And I wouldn't, you know, halfway through the match, I'd think, well, you know, I don't stand a chance in this section here. I'd put my pole or put my rod down and go and sit behind them and, and learn that way. I think if I'd have stayed on, I, I could have got certainly at squad level. But I just didn't, you know, I moved to sea fishing and that might be something to regret. But no, no regrets really, I just. And if you had concentrated solely on the course fishing, do you think it might have taken you as far as the boat fishing has? Yeah, I'd like to think so. I was a lot younger then, obviously I was so keen on whatever I'd done that, whether it was course or sea fishing. But I just had to make that one one decision really at the time. And I tended to go to the the boat side really. I think it's because being where we were, based on, on virtually on the sea, it was so much easier and less travel and less, less money. So yeah, I tend to take that. Took that, uh, took that road really. But I, I certainly would have, well, I certainly would have made a bit of a name for myself at the time, I think, whether I got, would have got to world, world level, I don't know. Yeah, but you made that name for yourself anyway, but on the seaside of things instead. Well, yeah, yeah, I have, yeah, uh, and I've really enjoyed it. I do miss it. I miss the people more than anything, you know, going away, but, you know, I've had my good times, that's the main thing. And now it's pleasure fishing. Now it's pleasure fishing, definitely, Phil, yeah. Sometimes the word legend gets overused to the point where its deserved impact is lost, and I think to an extent that that can devalue the achievements of some of the true greats of the past. But having spoken to some of these people, and having explored the depth and breadth of their achievements, history will show that men like Ivan Marks, Ian Heaps, Kevin Ashurst and the other top course anglers of that era were, and always will be, deserving of the legend tag. Many thanks then to Steve Quinn for sharing his recollections with us here regarding some of the people he looked up to at the time. Mm -hmm.